Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Dave Burles. Berlin. Doc, what a freaking Wednesday we have today, sir. Woo-wee! My goodness. Uh, a disclaimer. Update. A disclaimer to the listeners. There is no Justin. You've probably already noticed that by now. But don't worry. Don't worry. In the coming weeks, Justin's, he's got an extended vacation. Okay? And uh, in the coming weeks, I have multiple guest co-hosts on it's schedule. kind of like a treat for them. Exactly. You know? Exactly. They, they're going to get all kinds of great guests that they don't see coming that are going to just spice up the Doc G show. So it's going to happen. Um, so, Dave, I want to start off. First off, I want a disclaimer right off the bat here. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. For the listeners out there that are above the age of 40, uh, this monologue, I apologize. They're going to have to endure the next couple of minutes. So if you're listening to the podcast over 40 listeners, go ahead. You have my permission. Skip ahead past this part. If you're listening on the radio, just listen for a while. I'm sorry. I want to talk about Snapchat and Instagram stories. Uh-oh. So Say what? It's a big thing, right? It's a big yeah, thing. it is a big thing. It's, it is a big thing. It's a big thing in today's world. You got to let the people know what you're up to. For those who do know, maybe those in-betweeners, maybe those Gen Xers, it's basically your away message for instant message. That's what it is, except with video. That's what you got. Hmm. So, uh... Yeah, I, I don't even know what an away message is. Oh, you don't? Oh, my no. gosh, man. <laughs> Get in the in- instant message game, dude. Back in the day on the AOL Instant Messenger, you put up a message whenever you weren't near your computer, but it was still on. Yeah. Like, hey, usually people either... What was your go-to? What was your go-to? Mine was as vulgar and funny as possible. That's so what I true. tried to go with. I, uh, you know, but uh, most people, you know, they would try to do something moody. You know, like they'd put up mm-hmm. lyrics from like a Green Day song. You know, okay. something something like that. And then they'd have the little in parentheses at the bottom, Green Day, you know. Mm. But anyways, nonetheless, I digress. Uh, Snapchat stories, they are a beautiful exhibit of sociology. Yes! Um, but let's be real, Dave. There are some overplayed stories out there. Yes! Some thi- oh, yeah, for sure. Some things that people just don't need to show, but they do. Now, I've thought about it over the past couple days leading up to the show. What are What's on my list of the five most annoying slash overplayed themes hmm. on uh, Snapchat? And I, you, want, you want me to guess or are you just no, going to no, list them? I'm going to list them and then you okay. rank my five from least to most annoying. Okay? Okay. 
Yeah, okay, yeah. here we go. First overplayed snap story, and you're guilty of it, Dave. What? Concert footage. Concert <laughs> footage. Now, you, you're not guilty too much. You've only done this like once. But yeah. this goes out especially to the folks that post like 45 videos in a row from like the 650th row, and the viewer can't even tell what band is playing Girl, or the sound, and you're just like, what the crap is this? Now, at least with yours, you were very close to the band. So that was that was a benefit of yours. You were like right beside the stage, so that was okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I went ahead and got out both of yours, Dave, on the first two. So here's uh, the, what's the next now one? now this one though you're not really you're not guilty of because there's some asterisks to it. So second overplayed snap story, pets. Wait, what? Now the uh, oh. now the asterisks to this first. This only includes folks that post about the same pet. At least four times a day. Second, the pet isn't doing anything. Nope. It's not being cute. It's not acting. It's not it's not chasing a ball or batting a string. It's just sitting there. And it's not cute. That yeah. that is not doing anything for me. You've already posted about it three times. I don't need to see it again. Most of the time I will say your storm post are not guilty of that because Storm is doing something. So true. He's doing something. Okay, here we go. Third one. Now, remember, no particular order here. I'm just presenting the different overplayed stories. Uh, Third overplayed story, food. Food that is neither delicious or outrageous. Word. Mm -hmm. Just plain food. Someone's like eating a Wendy's double. Or even worse, like plain baked chicken and broccoli or something. Yeah, yeah, and it's not even to brag that they're like eating healthy. They're just like, here's my food, Mm. and you're like, like dinner for Wednesday, and you're like, who cares? Yeah. There's nothing. That's not a ridiculous. Boring. That's a fact. There's not. It's got to be. It's got to be a good presentation, a ridiculous Mm -hmm. amount, or disgusting. That's one of the Mm -hmm. three on food. Fourth, fourth overplayed uh, snap story. Anyone who can't stand their own voice so they cover it up with the big mouth filter but then they still uh, go on a rant for like 15 uh, videos right can't do it, yes. can't do it. And, and their worse their their voice is even more annoying with the high pitched squeak yes now now i'm not being gender biased here but it's typically ladies that hmm. do this they're typically guilty of this yeah not we have a, some friends that do it yes mutual friends yes we do we do and it's very annoying just do it yourself I know my voice isn't pleasant, but I still do a radio show for an hour and a half. So true. <laughs> I don't care. All right? Get used to your it's voice. Natural. Just, it's natural. <laughs> just accept it. Okay, the last one of the five. Chronic fitness post. The mm. asterisks on this one when it's not your job. I understand. When you're a personal trainer or some type of fitness person, you've got to get your name out there. But when you're just Ted from the office, you can't keep showing, hey, I'm at the gym. Here's my flex picture. That's Yeah, I'm benching 150 today. Word. Nobody needs to know that. All right, Dave, time to list them. One to five. What is All your... Right. So give me the least annoying first. Hmm. The least annoying to me... Um, is for the most part the dogs. Like even if 
they're not really doing anything super cute. I'll I'll appreciate a good dog post. Okay, okay. Pets go on last. Pets number yep. five. Number four. Um, the next least annoying one, I would say, is the food. Food, because yeah. Because sometimes, even though it's nothing like exciting, it may just give me, you know, an idea to make something for the next, like whatever. Like ah, uh, plus it's nothing special, but. I need to meal prep, you know? They usually don't overplay it either. I mean, it's like one picture, and then you can just click right through it. I understand. Right, you're done. It doesn't take all that time. Okay, number three. Um, my most, or third most annoying mm. would be, all right, so I have concert, Snapchat, or the uh, voice. Yeah, and, and then fitness. Yep. Fitness. Um, the fitness... Is pretty annoying, but like we said with the last one, it's just that it, one. It can be fast, post. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I can get through it. Okay, okay. Um, number two. Number two to me is probably the multiple snap, multiple Insta story singing with the concert mm. badly from all the way in the back. So true, so true, so true. So that means number one, annoying uh, if filter you're rants. Walking filter rant with your big teeth that need to be brushed Ew. just <laughs> out in your face. Like, no one wants to listen to you rant for like three minutes in your car. That's on true. Snapchat, or especially Instagram. about things that we don't even know what you're talking about. Right, like, and especially if I like hit, like, skip by accident, they don't even know what you're saying, and then the rest of them. It's very and true. Like, like, are you? Are, do you want a response back? Like, I just don't get the purpose of it. No. So, like to me, that's the most annoying. It's very self-centered. Very self-centered. Right. Like with the concert, you're like, hey, I'm at the concert with the gym. Hey, I worked out with the food. Hey, I'm eating with the dog or your other pet. I'm with my pet. I think it's cute. I don't care what you think. That's you true. You rant like you just you just want attention. That's like true. You're being annoying. That's true. I agree, Dave. You're gonna find this pretty miraculous. I I agree. You got my five rank right there. I agree. Yes. Let's, we're gonna we're gonna put it on the Insta story. See what people think. Okay. I like it. Okay. Are you ready to fire the show up? Dude, fire it up. All three engines up and burning. Two. One, zero, and liftoff. Fun fact, Dave, least annoying show out there. Oh. Actually, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't even put that out there. I th I'd say they're probably le less annoying shows. Anyways, yeah. uh, I'm very excited about the show. We've got none other than Roger Mooking, the host of Man Fire Food. Can't believe uh -oh. he's on. Yes, he has got a new album out as well, Eat Your Words. We're going to hear a couple of tunes from that album. I am very excited. We're going to talk about his restaurant. My gosh, all kinds of things. All I'm kinds excited. of things. Uh, You're excited. I'm excited. I'm very excited. We're going to start where we start. Birthday suit. All right. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Now, Dave, you'll notice... By the second one, there's a trend on these. Hmm. Okay. okay, so here comes the first one. Born in Bartow, Florida, uh, May 15th, 1975. 
As a youth, our birthday suit wearer was immediately drawn to football and ended up playing for Kathleen High School. After an all-star high school career, he went to the University of Miami. By his second year, he uh, became a first-team All-American. He decided to leave the school a year early and was drafted 26 overall by the Baltimore Ravens in the 1996 draft. Mr. Ray Lewis. Boom! There it is. Let's go. Played 17 seasons for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, pro bowler 13 times, defensive player of the year twice, and, of course, two Super Bowls. Mr. Ray Lewis. Happy birthday, Ray Lewis. What's your What's your thoughts on Mr. Lewis? Um, You know, he had a dicey uh, section there in Atlanta, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, caught up with some very negative things. I mean, murder, mm-hmm. not a positive thing. Uh, yeah, his name was cleared from that. They didn't prove anything. I, Hmm. you know, I wasn't there. I don't know. So so as a guy, you're still on the Ray Lewis train. I mean, this is the thing is he's done a lot of positive things for Baltimore. He's done a lot of charity work for Baltimore, a lot of time in for social work. He's a very positive person. So, I mean... Does it outweigh what the negative? He, I don't know. He never was. He has never proved of anything. So I can't. I mean, plus mm. it's his birthday. So true. Okay, so we'll, we won't kick him man. We won't kick him in on his birthday. Yeah, live it up, Ray. Live Happy it birthday, up. Ray. Uh, yeah, live. No, no death. There you go. Uh, now, Dave, you're well aware. Last week, we did not have addition uh, of our new segment. Millard's still exists. But this week, I know. we've got, got one. one. Yes. Yes, sir. It's time for Millard's Still Exist. It's Millard time. Are you ready for this week's Millard? Yes, sir. Give him to me. Millard Lee. Yes. Millard yes. Lee. Millard Lee, teacher of physics at Daugherty High, uh, Valley High School in California. That's right. I know, I know. You're saying, you're saying to yourself, "Wow, he's a high what school." A, what a resume. He's a high school physics teacher. I already know he rocks. Well, yes. well. Let me add to that. Did I mention he also has a master's? In mechanical engineering from Cal Berkeley. He's a mother effing bear. That's oh, right. Shoot. Dang, Miller, rocking it. That's right. Now, I know what you're thinking. If you had a master's in mechanical engineering, wouldn't you be an engineer instead of a teacher? Hmm. Well, yeah, he did that. Yes! He did that for 16 <laughs> years before teaching. That's right. And part of that time was in Hong Kong. That's right. Shout out to the Central District, the best district. Oh, shoot. Shout out to Central District. We all know it's the best district. Oh, yeah, the best one. Raise up, Hong Kong Central District. (laughs) Now, uh, what about his teaching, you ask? Well, if you go on RateMyTeachers.com, you'll find that 62.5% of his students gave him a 5 out of 5 for easiness of class. That's right. Oh, That's right. Millard's easy. He, he's laying back in class, yes. letting the good times roll in physics. 
And I know what you're saying. Does he do anything else over the school? Of course he does. He's effing, ev he's effing everywhere. That's right. He is the Daughtery Valley High School Robotics Club Club Advisor. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's taking dumps smarter than you. you, you. Say what? H hide your girlfriends because Miller's on the prowl. Yes. Oh, Miller. Oh. Let me tell you, you can't spell Millard Lee without dime because Millard's a dime piece, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yes. Oh, true. Yes. That's right. Now that we have all been oh, over... Oh, my God. Whew, now that we've all been overstimulated by the Millards that are dominating... That's that right. are dominating the world, are you ready, Dave, to move on, to rip from the headlines? Dude, I... I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm ready. Whew, I'm fatigued, man. I am fatigued. Oh. Uh, all right. All right. Let's read some headlines. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Dave, uh, how many times have you been attacked by a man or a woman hmm. with mm -hmm. a pair of nunchucks? Um, my brother hit me with a pair of nunchucks mm. once. Mm -hmm. I see. Yep. Well, well, if we Those have things any, hurt, if we have any listeners in the Arizona area, watch out. What? Because you're probably going to get attacked by somebody with nunchucks now. Because this past week. Governor Doug Ducey signed a bill that removed nunchucks from the list of deadly weapons in the state of Arizona. That's right. Oh, shoot. So they're legal now? That's right. Apparently, nunchucks were on the list of deadly weapons with bombs, gun silencers, and automatic firearms. Word. Yeah, I don't blame them. It's pretty pretty, uh, pretty accurate there. Now, Representative Athena Salmon said instead of figuring out ways that we can save lives we're wasting times on nunchucks Girl, uh athena i would argue it's even worse you've just put thousands of lives in danger what if michelangelo the ninja turtle turns out not to be the party dude we thought he was and he comes on a murderous rampage throughout arizona with his weapon of choice and now it's legal. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Or if like Bruce Lee becomes evil too. Wait, yeah. What? You don't know. You know. But I mean, I do have to just back just step one and say, how did nunchucks ever make it on that list? Like all they, the things, all the they things. They were watching some like old Asian movie. <laughs> they where, were, like the lips were like moving. And, yeah. And the words came out. They were like nunchucks. I mean, at that time, you know, did some damage. I mean, I. I mean. I, they, I'm pretty sure they're more of a danger to the person that's trying to yield them as a weapon yes! than they are to oh, the person. Gosh. I mean, every time Accurate. I've ever used them, Accurate. I've hit them in myself <laughs> in the face and been like, these things suck. So true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Take them back. Okay. Uh, quick question, Dave. Uh, yep. Have you ever seen a van driven by a clown offering candy and said, yeah, let me go towards that van? Hmm. I have not, but that sounds like the start of a very scary horror film. Yeah, so apparently there's an old dude in Tennessee that doesn't know that most people think like you do, Dave. Word. Uh, because last week, the police in Clarksville, Tennessee, started getting reports of an old man dressed as a clown driving up to children in his juicy van and offering them candy. Hmm. So... <laughs> So the Clarksville, Tennessee police 
hunting him down. And apparently, he told police that he does this every year on his birthday. Wait, what? And the police then went around what? and asked all the people around this guy's house, and they were like, yeah, that's what this guy does. Um, Can somebody tell this guy just to go yeah. volunteer at an after-school center or something like that? That's a fact. <laughs> I mean, really, no one said, hey, dude, that's weird. Yeah, like, I mean... Like, all these years? Even for kids, not just adults, but even for kids on list of creepy things, Clown easily is in, like, the top five. Yes! Like... Oh, definitely. Th there's nothing, like, you could... I mean, Jesus, guy. Think of think of these things before you go... Uh, and Use I mean, your brain. Come on, this is a this is a sad, lonely. Give him some kind of volunteer shelter to volunteer at. If he's doing this on on his birthday to make people happy, there are better ways to make people happy. Uh, Hand out money or something. What? <laughs> Just flick quarters at kids. So true. Uh, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> a Florida man is standing up for his rights. His right to party. That's Specific right. Well. I, I guess one way to party. Specifically, his First Amendment rights, Dave. Sweet. Do you mm -hmm. kn do you know the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights? What it protects? Hmm. Um. Dang, this is sad. I don't know. Uh, freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Freedom of religion. Freedom of uh, speech. Freedom of press. That is your three in the first. In the First Amendment, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting mm -hmm. the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or mm -hmm. of the press. That's what we got okay. there. Um, right. There have been some notable cases like Schneck versus United States or Brandenburg versus Ohio. That's right. Well, there may be another one coming soon. Dylan Shane Webb versus Florida. Yes! What is Dylan uh, defending? Another Florida guy. What is Defi uh, Dylan defending, you ask? Well, Dylan is defending his right to have a I eat bumper sticker. Hmm. That's right! <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. Webb was driving around Lake City when an officer pulled him over. Apparently, Dylan got in an argument with the officer, and the all officer asked Dylan how a parent should explain the bumper sticker to their small child. And Webb, I gotta say, not a bad, uh, not a bad response. He said uh, it should be up to that parent. Hmm. Not a bad idea. Uh, the officer then cited him for obscenity and told him to remove the sticker. Dylan refused, at which point the officer arrested him. Wait, what? So, wow. so first of all, if Dylan is true to his bumper sticker, I hope he always carries breath mints. That's, That's one thing. Se second of all, congratulate your kid who's observant enough to read a bumper sticker. Yes! Then yeah, not looking down at his electronic device. Millennial. Then explain to him that it's a dude that loves to eat donkey meat. Why not? That's one way you could say Dude, it. That's what I was thinking. And then if you're not comfortable telling him that, telling him that it's a sexual deviant who loves to eat what else can you tell him? Come on. Or, or <coughs> sorry. What? Oh, choked you up. Or he, I'm sorry. Or. <coughs> Jeez. Oh no. Oh god. 
Well, or, or uh, if I was going to say pork butt, like, you know, like, yeah, Boston butt. butt. Yeah. Or if all else fails, put something shiny in front of his face for two seconds and they'll forget what you were talking about. They're kids. Jesus. They don't remember anything. Nope. Dave. I hope he doesn't stick to his word in, uh, in prison. Wait, what? <laughs> no. Uh, he might have to. Um, Dave, have you ever heard of Lauren Love? Hmm. Um, can't say that I have. She's a YouTuber. Um, she has all kinds of followers. Um, and no doubt because of her dope videos, like, uh, the one titled My Horrible Brazilian Butt Lift Experience. Word. Or, wow. The one titled I Was Dared to Take a Pole Dancing Class. Word. <clears throat> Or the one titled Boyfriend Rates My Slim Thick Outfits 1 to 10. Word. These are all great videos. Um, I wonder if <laughs> Kayla follows her on I don't YouTube. know. I don't know. <laughs> but she also does prank videos. And uh, not okay. too surprisingly, her most recent prank video didn't go so well. Hmm. So she decided to go into Walmart, mm-hmm. watch workers at Walmart, and then trick them into thinking she was a new manager at Walmart and that they were fired. Wait, what? Um, That's stupid. Yeah, she decided to do this to Maria Leones, uh, who had been working at Walmart for six years after moving to America from the Philippines. Shout out, Justin. Um, (laughs) where, Where she worked as a professor. A professor. What? And she oh, wow. she moved to America to be closer to her children and her grandchildren. And now she works at Walmart. And she's been working there diligently for six years. Girl, come on. She's been working extra hard the last couple of weeks because her husband just had quadruple bypass surgery. Oh, jeez! Like out of all Gosh. of the people to like, prank, first of all, out of the hundreds of employees at that single Walmart. Out of all the people, first of all, to prank all the different types of jobs, you chose Walmart employees. First of all, don't they have to deal with enough in general without without you coming up to them? I mean, they have to deal with people in Walmart. Yeah! Like, come on. Come on. Then second of all, this lady, everything that she's been doing, she was a professor. And now she's dealing with Walmart people. And then on top of that, like, that's one step away from, like, heading to some hospitals and tell folks that they have, like, terminal diseases. What? Or calling up some kids and being like, hey, I got bad news for you. Your parents are dead. Like, there's nothing worse. Like, Jesus. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Just stick to your Brazilian butt lift experiences. That's fine. Yeah, do, like, your lips or something next. That's fine. I mean, you're pranking somebody that deals with Walmart customers on the daily. And I'm guessing... Their manager's probably not that much better. Like, come on. Nope. Just give so her. What happened? What well, happened? She felt bad. The lady started crying immediately in the video, and then after like a minute or two, she's like, "Oh no, no, I'm I was I was a prank. You're okay. It's a prank. You're okay." And I was like, "Yeah, come on." 
Come on. Blame. Stick to Willis your. Willis couldn't even keep it, keep her word. Like stick to the <laughs> the prank. Stick to your horrible BBL experience. Anyways, I had to Google what BBL experience was. I, I was, was about to say BBL, and then I got it. I was like, what is this? And I was like, okay, I guess it's a Brazilian butt lift. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Dave. This goes right along with the last story, actually. Don't act like you didn't know what that meant. I did not. Uh, Dave, have you ever purchased anything from a pawn shop? Hmm. Um, uh, I don't think so. I mean, like, consignment shop and stuff, yeah, but not pawn shop. Pawn shops, they have pretty much anything, man. Yes! Yeah, yeah, pretty much anything. And they, I, I like the the show, the Pawn Stars show. Yeah, I'm well, all about that. Well, this past week, a man in Sarasota, uh, he's caught a lot of flack for testing the theory that pawn shops uh, buy pretty much anything. Hmm. Um, he tried to sell his baby. Wait, what? Oh, uh, wow. Officers were alerted Tuesday afternoon after the pawn shop clerk reported a, quote, suspicious man who entered the store at the 1100 block on North Washington Boulevard at 530 and asked several times if he could pawn his baby. Um, How much was he asking for? Uh, I don't know specifically, but after police began a search for the child to make sure the child was safe, they uh, caught up with the 43-year-old man who contacted them and said it was a prank. He wanted to make this as a prank for social media. Hmm. Detectives verified that the child was safe and then alerted the Florida Department of Children and Families. Now, I've got two things. First... He thought he was going to get social media fame by this. Girl, come on. Like, there wasn't a single naked person in this video. Nope. Come on. <laughs> come on. And you're gonna you're not gonna get nobody's gonna better content than yeah. that. Yeah. Second, the pawn shop clerk thought he was serious? Did he really like I mean, if I was working in that pawn shop, I would have offered him some money. I would have been like, I'll give you $50 for this baby. Thank you. Like, I mean, because what's the worst he's going to do? Give you $50 and then you contact the police and you're like, hey, this dumb sold me a baby. Uh, you should go ahead. He signed all of his paperwork. Go ahead and find him. Like, I mean, see how much you'll take. Like, I don't, like, nobody's actually going to sell just, their baby. I don't understand this generation of recording random things and trying to become famous from it like who like that's not funny like it's no stupid. it's just weird and then and then like even if you did get famous what are you gonna go up to people and be like hey i'm the hey. dude that sold a baby at a pawn shop recognize this baby he's on youtube he's he's now 15 yeah I, cool. I tried to sell him for 50 bucks once tried to sell he still hates me for it it's pretty cool <laughs> Uh, all right, Dave, let's take a break here. We're going to hear off of Roger Mooking's new album, Eat Your Words. This is Not This Again, right here on the Doc G Show. You see, I've made it this far. I'm like a hobo or a hobbit with a ring and a goblet, trying to make sure I'm not cut off a bobbit and not shut off like a tap and a faucet when the bills pile up and it's food of the lights and a toss up. What's up? See, they telling me one thing, it's like a ring to grab. Like a carrot had a stick with a rope with a noose in the back. But I'm like a black rabbit and a black cat had a baby and so I hop to it like it's bad luck. And just maybe, maybe. it'll all work out. 
And I'll get the goods and avoid the trap Or it's back, back to square one once again. again Being here so many times It's like once we're friends We make amends and make amends again Get it? I don't Risking my life and that of my next of kin They don't know, it's like I'm a showboat In a slow boat, on fast waters They in a tow boat, and when it busts There ain't no floats, and with no floats There's no hope I'm like Skipper and Gilligan with a rowboat The millionaire, his wife, the scientist Marianne and the redhead try to hold a vote Whether to stay or go Make a home or try to take some hope Is this a threat or no? But when the bread is buttered both sides and hard to swallow The bitter pill look too nice for you? Just unfollow I'm on to the next man, see half my best hand Two steps ahead, I'm the groom, the game's my best man See, it's a blessing now, I'm just guessing, I guess Or is it just that I'm second-guessing myself again? I guess But without a doubt, not a regret, I'd do it again But with a lot less sweat, now that's not a sin So now I bob and weave and tear and bleed To find the right time to knock it out Before I'm clocking out, knock it off It's gotta be that way, cause when you fade away it's out of mind As long as I decide that I'm the one that's out of sight Then I don't mind And which is next? Which ditch is next? And the devil's asking, which is next? This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio WSKRLPFM UNF Jacksonville And we are back yes. here on the Doc G Show Spinnaker Radio WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville Florida Dave hmm. Alright guys Go on your phone right now Go to the app store Or the google store Or the I don't even know what the Whatever call, store Android store Podcast app Yes The Doc G show Give us a rating And you know it's a five um, Five stars website. not worth your time Do it We got our website www.thedocgshow.com so you can even like pretend you're at work, and then yeah. you know listen to it from there. You can. So, you can do. It. You can do it all. Do it all. Check it out. I don't, www. Am I anything else? You got it. You got it. You got everything. Oh, so Instagram. The Doc G Show. We do great summaries on there. It's fantastic. Um, okay. 
Dave, are you ready to check out who's been listening to this week? Hmm. Yeah, where are we going? Who we got? First off, shout outs go to Camberley, England. Shout out? Yes. Oh, Camberley. Yeah. That sounds. Proper. Yeah, I went over to England first. Shout out. Shout out to Norwich and the mushy peas that Chris told me to eat last week. Nice. Um, shout out to Hamburg, Germany. Yes. Shout out. Yeah, big fan. Big fans of uh, of Andy Frasco in Hamburg. That's where he did his live uh, live CD. Shout outs to those folks. Oh, nice. Shout out to my hometown, Radford, Virginia. Got a lot of lessons from there this week. Ooh, Very nice. A lot of love for Radford. Yeah, okay. yeah. Shout out to North Hollywood, California. Shout out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Maybe that was, is Andy Fresco in Hollywood? Uh, no, 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 no. He's, uh, he, well, he's still touring because he basically tours uh, all the time. All year long. Um, yeah. Shout out again to California, keeping it in. Sacktown, Sacramento. Shout out. Okay, California mm -hmm, love. Mm -hmm. Going to go north of the border, just winning that series. Toronto, Canada. Shout out. Yeah. Dude, what, what a game. Ka Kawhi what a game. is a beast, man. Kawhi is a yes, beast. Sir. I still am holding out hope. I know Claude said it wouldn't happen, but this summer, Jimmy Butler... Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers together. That's My right. God. Oh, Would shit. I, I was watching Game of Thrones when it happened, so I got a delayed reaction, but I'm still Because I'm it. a big man, I was watching it because I'm into sports because I'm a man. That's right. You're, you're a guy's Even guy. Even though I didn't watch the Super Bowl, we still remember that. Anyways, shout out to Madison Heights, Virginia. Shout yes. Out. All right. Madison Heights, a good one there. We've always got love for the VA. Uh, that concludes this week's shout-outs. Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. All right, David. Nice little plethora of, of spots. Good. We jumped all over. We went all over. Uh, Dave, second birthday suit. Here we go. All right. Born on May 15th, 1969 in Pensacola, Florida. Our birthday suit wear loved sports as a child, gravitated towards track and football. He played running back in high school, averaging 7.8 yards a carry Jeez. and running over 2,000 yards in his last two seasons. Before graduating, our birthday suit wear was named by Florida High School Athletics Association as the football player of the century. Wait, what? Yeah. He ended up going to the University of Florida. He was... Emmett Smith? Emmett Smith! Oh, let's go! Look at you go, man. Good call. He was all ace, uh, SEC for three years, won SEC MVP in 1989. 1990 draft, he was drafted by the Cowboys, 17th overall. He went on to be an eight-time Pro Bowler, four times rushing leader in the Ring of Honor and the Cowboys, and three-time Super Bowl champion, yes. Emmett Smith. Yes. Dude, happy birthday, Emmett. I didn't know the best football player of the century. Yeah, thing. football player of one. the century. Yes. Yes. 50. He was a baller. Turning the big 5-0, man. Say what? The oh, shoot. I bet he's – I need to see some uh, – what do you think about partying Insta stories? Is that like number six for you? Ah, it depends on the party. Again, if it's just giving me updates of a casual party and I actually feel like I'm part of the party, then I don't mm -hmm. care. 
If it's okay. just like random crap and like going to the floor and you can't tell what's going on, then yeah, that's annoying too. That's right up with concerts. Okay, okay. But it, so it varies greatly on the type of party and what you're yeah, capturing. The quality. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, even more so than the concert. So true. Uh, okay. Uh, Dave, it's almost became a weekly thing, but we're going to do it again. We've got to we got to lighten this world up. It's getting a little too heavy out there. That's right. So give, give me something good. We got to give them some things that don't suck. So yes, here sir. here we go. Things that don't suck. A list of consisting of Paul Rudd and whatever the doc wants to say now. Uh, a couple years back in Ashburn, Virginia. Um, some teens vandalized an old schoolhouse. Uh, now, right. what makes this really bad was that the schoolhouse had been used to teach black children during segregation, and the group of teens vandalized this building with racist graffiti. Horrible. Mm. Horrible. Awful. Now, these t- uh, now typically, these students would probably be sentenced to, like, a juvenile detention, maybe some type of community service, but the deputy commonwealth attorney... Alejandro Rueda, uh, in this case, she had a, a little bit of different uh, 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 s- sentencing in mind. Hmm. She assigned the kids 35 books that deal with the pain and tragedy of racial injustice. In addition, they had to visit the Holocaust Museum and the ex uh, and the exhibit on Japanese American internment camps following Pearl Harbor. Now, oh, dang. now, almost three years after the incident, the kids haven't reoffended. And in one of their essays written on their reading material, one of the teens wrote, "Everybody should be treated with equality, no matter their race." or religion, or sexual orientation. I will do my best to see it that I am never this ignorant again. Yes! Uh, After reading this, Rueda, uh, who did the sentencing, tearfully said, it makes me cry, but it makes me feel great because he got it. It worked. We have to educate kids out of ignorance. Our focus has to be on rehabilitation, not retribution, if we want results. That's right. Yes. Yes, indeed. That is deep. You go, Alejandro uh, Alejandro Wieta. That is great. That is fantastic. And I agree. You You can't fight hate with hate. You can't do it. Nope. You can't. Yeah, you can't just. You can't just keep punishing. You know. You gotta show it. the error and the ways, and it has worked. It has worked very nicely done. That has been a thing that does not suck. Success, Dave. Definitely something that doesn't suck. Awesome to hear that. You know, as time goes on, those kids have continued to not mm. only not cause the trouble, and but also try to spread and better. You the know, community, their friends, and Con- others continue right. to grow and learn. Yes, indeed. But mm-hmm. speaking of growing and learning, hopefully, I will grow and learn along with our new guest this week. What? Roger Mooking. We will be right Uh-oh. back with Roger Mooking here in just a second. Stick with us. The Doc G Show. 
because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM. Welcome back to the show today. We have a very special guest. He is TV host on Man Food Fire and Man's Greatest Food. He's a talented chef. He's a musical artist coming out with his new album, Eat Your Words. And most importantly, he is on our show, Mr. Roger Mooking. Roger, how's it going? I'm good, man. How you doing? I am doing good. I am doing... I, I take that back. I'm doing great. Uh... I always love to give the listeners a, a deep dive into the guests, how they arrived at where they're currently at and what they're doing. So before we get to uh, current projects, uh, let's take it back. You were uh, born in Trinidad and lived there till you were about five. Uh, your grandfather actually opened one of the first Chinese restaurants in the area. Uh, what do you what do you remember about your time in Trinidad? Um, I mean, there's still a lot of family there. So my time in Trinidad, I do remember, you know, going to the beach and mm -hmm. collecting crabs and making curry crab and dumplings. Mm -hmm. I remember um, touring around the island. We moved around quite a lot with my dad's job. So we moved between Trinidad and Tobago, like every three, four months, we'd be moving a new house. Mm -hmm. So we saw a lot of the island. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Nice. That's about it, man. Well, Playing uh, a lot. Started <laughs> school. <laughs> nice. Now, so you moved to uh, Edmonton, Canada, uh, and you moved there because of your, your, your family's work, right? No, my parents just decided they wanted to leave Trinidad and Tobago, and at that time, um, the government of Canada, uh, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, he was uh, really opening the immigration portals, and so a lot of people from all over the world ended up coming to Canada. A lot mm -hmm. of people settled in Toronto area mm -hmm. um, and moved to Edmonton, Alberta. Mm. I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really know much about Edmonton, even though it's a pretty big city. Yes! Uh, just off the top of your head, what do you think came up when I Googled Edmonton? Hmm. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> that was that was second. What? What was? What do you think the first thing was? Uh, West Edmonton Mall. Yes, North America's largest <laughs> mall and indoor pool. I had no idea. There was this huge mall in Edmonton. I feel I feel like I feel like that's sort of uh, not celebrated anymore because of the internet. I don't know how many people go to the. Still looks popular though. Still looks very popular. Uh, now, yeah, for sure. There's an amusement park in there. It's a sister mall to the Mall of America. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Now you moved from Edmonton, uh, Edmonton to Toronto. Uh, was it around 18 to pursue uh, pursue music? Yeah, exactly. I was in a band in Edmonton, and we started to kind of bubble up. And uh, the MTV in Canada was called Much Music. The program director called me in my house in Edmonton one day and said we were nominated for all these awards and Juno awards, and they wanted us to come and perform on a few of the, the national, like the MTVs there. Nice. So we went out there, and I just I had a two-week ticket, and I just never went back home. You know, the Jeez. entertainment center was in Toronto. I called my mom. She thought I was crazy. I slept <laughs> on my hands for a while. Then she kicked me out, and I slept in somebody's 
basement for a while. They kicked me out, and I got this little grubby apartment with this other guy. And, I kicked, and then we kind of just music started to really take off. And uh, you know, I didn't really have a place to live, but I was in and out of the tour bus pretty much. So <laughs> that was basically it. <laughs> Weird. Now, now that that was with that was with bass's bass, right? Correct. Yeah. Now, how how did you guys come together? Because, you, like you said, you guys had some some real big hits. Uh, how, how did you guys start out as a group? Uh, well, I was in another group based out of Edmonton for a mm-hmm. while, and uh, previous to that, and we had both ended up at a conference called Music West in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. There was a kind of a different version of Bass's Bass. Mm-hmm. Um, they were doing kind of like house music and live, uh, like brand new heavies kind of sound. Right. Mm-hmm. So. They were in Toronto. They ended up in Vancouver at Music West. Uh, we were from Edmonton. We ended up in Vancouver at Music West. And we just uh, played the same this pool hall venue together. We just hit it off. And then when I got that call from the program director in Toronto, when we went back to Edmonton and they went back to Toronto, uh, she called me and I said, you know, let's do these shows. And I called up Chin and Ivana and I said, look, I'm going to be performing on all these shows. Do you want to be our backup band? Yeah. So they were our backup band for all that stuff in that two weeks were in Toronto, and I just never went back. And then I started kind of hanging out with them more and writing with them and performing as kind of like a hype man sort of thing. And yeah. they kind of formed into performing songs. And then next thing you know, we released this video. I kind of morphed into that group. Um, we released this video and just boom, it just exploded, man. And and a whole bunch of stuff started happening, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, looking back on it, you guys toured you, and opened with some, I mean, huge groups, TLC, Buster Rhymes, James Brown, Jamiroquai, like all of these all of these things. You had a top 40 hit with I Cry. Um, now, you, you guys ultimately disbanded in, in 97. Uh, wh- why did you decide to to part ways as a group? Hmm. Ah, you know bands, man. Bands are built to break up. <laughs> <laughs> so true. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. well, so after after uh you left the the band, uh, how long? That was when you know you became you, you went into chef mode. Word. Uh, and you went to culinary school at George Brown College. How how long did it take after you left the band that it was like okay now I got to pursue this because I've heard that you wanted you know you said you wanted you knew you wanted to be a chef way back like back when you were in in Trinidad almost yeah when I was three I knew I wanted to be a chef you know you ask kids like playing around oh what are you gonna be when you grow up so yeah. my aunt asked me that. I didn't blink. I said, I'm going to be a chef. And she's like, Jeez. you know what that's like? Because my family, that side of the family was all restaurants. And, you know, they came up in the chef thing and restaurants and bakeries. And they knew how hard it was, right? Yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. They're all laughing. Ah, that's cute. And then um, around 97, when we left, I left the group, I was still doing music, like scoring little film commercial stuff here mm-hmm. and there licensing some music overseas to the UK. And um, then I said, look, I'm going to go do the chef thing full time. Because I was uh, in Edmonton. I used to work in restaurants and take all my money and then go to the recording studio. That was like when I was 16 or something, you know? Yeah. In like 90, 91, 92, something like that, right? Yeah. Um, and then 
so I was doing that stuff, and then I went to chef school, you know. I went to chef school. I started right to the bottom there, and I was working full-time in a restaurant uh, in the evening and then going to school full-time during the day. Yeah. And I was, you know, shucking oysters and making salads at the at the restaurants and doing breakfast and brunch service on the weekends and then uh, going to school during the weekend. I did that for a while, and then I... Just after I came out of school, then I was working more restaurant. Then I was went to a hotel. Then I did catering. And after a little while, I uh, was asked to be a chef of a of my uh, a restaurant. So yeah. I started doing that. It happened to be around the corner from the Food Network in Canada. Yeah, and they used to come in all the time and uh, eat there. You know, and after a while, they introduced themselves and. You know, uh, we started developing ideas, and next thing you know, boom, Everyday Exotic came out. What? Nice. Now, well, I got I got two things. One thing I saw in an interview where it was talking about, uh, it was actually on uh, George Brown College website. They were doing an alumni interview with you, and uh, and you said you said you had six a.m. classes. Wait, what? On uh, on there, and I was just like, what? what? 6 a.m. That's yeah, yeah. that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, that's how they weed out people in the culinary industry, right? Because it's hard industry, man. <laughs> man, I was like, Our people drop off after the first six months. Well, as soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, no, nah, I was not cut out for culinary school. That is, nope. that is for sure. <laughs> that is not for me, man. And it, and I did, you know, I, I saw you. You've mentioned that in several interviews, as far as the executives from the Cooking Channel coming into your restaurant. That's that's got to be, I mean, one sort of daunting, and, and two, a pretty big bragging right when you've got people coming in from, you know, uh, a show, a, a TV network about food coming in to your restaurant. That's got to that's got to feel pretty great. Well, you know what's interesting about that actually is that I mean I had done like so much already with music. Yeah. I really had just I wanted a very anonymous life. I just wanted to work in a restaurant, maybe own a restaurant one day, and just go home and mind my own business. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't interested at all. Yeah. <laughs> and then they came in, and I didn't know who they were for a year. I just knew them as Tanya and Holly. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I just kick it with them, talk to them. I had no idea. And then after a year, they introduced themselves look you know we work for the food network and blah 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 and i was like oh that's cool and again <laughs> I, I wasn't really i wasn't interested because yeah. i wanted a simple life i've done that before you know what i mean yeah <laughs> i just want a very simple low-key life and uh you know long story short we went through some conversations and talking and auditions and different things and after a few years like Maybe four years after they first were coming to that restaurant, we started actually honing in on developing Everyday Exotic, you know. But yeah. I was very reluctant participant for a long time. <laughs> and to be honest, I didn't know who they were. I, I never asked people, well, what do you do for a living? Yeah. You know, I never asked people that. Yeah. Well, now, you still you, you still work that side. You're executive chef and owner at Twist. Uh, now I, I noticed you, uh, it's, it's titled comfort food, uh, with a global twist. Give, give me a little insight. What, what are we talking about, uh, when we say comfort food with a global twist? Well, yeah, I really wanted to do stuff that was really representative of Toronto. You know, Toronto is very much like Houston on, on like speed, you know? Yeah. So it's, 
extremely multicultural, mm -hmm. uh, diverse. A lot of immigrants, like I said, from the 70s when the when uh, Pierre Trudeau was letting a lot of people into the country, um, settled in the Toronto area. So you have a very large African population. You mm -hmm. have a large West Indian population, Chinese population, Japanese, Greek, Spanish, like Italian. Everything is in Toronto. That's a fact. And so when I was doing the, the airport restaurant in Toronto, Pearson, I wanted to make sure that it represented the diversity of the, the community that it's servicing mm -hmm. and also tell that story. Um, but also because we're, you know, if I was making a steakhouse, for instance, on the street, yeah. I can pretty much guarantee there's the, the majority of my demographic is going to be of a certain age, gender, <laughs> income bracket, etc. Yeah. Et That's a fact. Um, and I can hone in the menu and the marketing around that. Whereas in the airport environment, I'm getting four-year-old celiac, gluten-free people <laughs> to 80-year-old bodybuilders who want a lot of protein. Yeah. You know? And so you have to service everything. And so felt that the, the lowest hanging fruit as a touch point was North American comfort foods. So everybody loves comfort foods. Yeah. Yes! And doing things that represent the, the diversity of the, of the community. So, nice. for instance, uh, one of our most famous dishes there is fried chicken. Yeah. You know, twist fried chicken. What? So uh, we soak it in buttermilk like they do in the South. Mm -hmm. Seasoned buttermilk, 24 hours, 48 hours. Mm -hmm. We pull it out. We put it in a, a dredge. Mm -hmm. That's three different uh, uh, powders. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of playing on a Chinese, a Japanese, and a Southern kind of mix of, of what those powders are. Nice. And then when it gets fried, we pull it out. We, we douse it with a Japanese togarashi spice mix. It's like mm -hmm. a pepper chili mix, mm -hmm. sweet pepper and chili mix. So we put some of that on there. Then we mix a little lime mayo. So that's something you'll see in like Southeast Asia. Yeah. And then we'll get like a crispy basil, whole bunch of crispy basil and put it on top. Oh, come on. And so, and that's something you'll see in the Sichuan province of China where they, they sought to walk fry uh, some meats, beef, and then they'll put a pile of crispy basil on top. Right. Yeah. So, Taking those influences and making something that's familiar, like fried chicken. Everybody loves a fried chicken. The fried chicken is delicious. Oh, yeah. But then you get the little nuances of flavor that you can play with um, to make it, you know, to the global influence, right? Man. I, I I want to take a trip to the airport just just for the just for the food now. I'm a little, so true. Got all excited about that crispy basil yeah, and fried yeah. chicken there, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, it's good, man. It's really good. It's really good. I'm gonna lie. <laughs> well, you know, you're talking about the other part uh, of starting everyday exotic and how you were hesitant. And, you know, I was thinking about that when I was getting ready for the interview. I was, I was like, well, you know, he was already he had already been there and done that. Like you said, you'd you'd already been an artist. You'd you'd been in the limelight a bit. Uh, when you started Everyday Exotic, was there anything that sort of caught you off guard, you know, that you weren't expecting when when you made that sort of transition into TV host? Yeah, I got to say, at that time, being a TV host was the largest professional hurdle I've ever encountered. It, it was a lot harder than I anticipated. Where you know, when you're an artist, you make your record, you perform, you perform how you want, dress how you want, do what you want, get on the stage, say what you want. Yeah. And sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not so great, <laughs> and people like it but they don't like it, and then you go home. Right. Yeah. right? In the television environment, there's so many different variables 
Um, you know, the network has a specific mandate. The audience has a specific mandate. You have a mandate to preserve your own integrity. Mm-hmm. Integrity. The production company has a specific mandate to make sure they fulfill in a certain way. So it's we have to tell multiple trajectories in a very specific storyline. Yeah. And all of that stuff is, is kind of funneled through the host, mm-hmm. right? You know, maybe 50 people works on a show behind the cameras, but everything kind of gets funneled through that lens and through that host, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just delivering a lot of information, being able to cook and talk at the same time, have fun, smile, crack some jokes, tell some personal stories that connect you to the audience and just are, are personal and things that you genuinely love. So is really uh, a lot of heavy lifting to make something appear very simple. And I, I wasn't anticipating that. Yeah. And I wasn't anticipating how difficult it was to stare at a camera and pretend it's your friend. <laughs> so <right>? true. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that took a little while. It took a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so your longest running show uh, is Man Fire Food. Yeah. Uh, now, I've seen in several interviews you describe... Uh, how you you started talking about the show with an executive and the interviewer is always like so so you loved cooking on open fire mm. and you're like no just i just liked fire what and then and then i love it the executive instead of inspecting whether you have committed any acts of arson recently they're like hey you know what i've got a show it's it's around cooking on open fire you should do that <laughs> like it's it's sort of, <laughs> sort of surprising how that just took a twist of like, you know what? Let's work with that. You like fire? Let's go with that. <laughs> I mean, was it was it For that the record, easy? There's no, no act of arson. There's no act of arson. <laughs> but I used to play with fire as a kid. I tell you. Yeah, yeah and is, and so they just went on that, and that's where it came from, huh? Yeah, that's kind of the thing. I mean, to, to expand on it a little bit, the, you know, the producer Irene Wong and had the idea for a while, and she was kicking around the idea with the network for a bit, and they had tried a version of it that there's some things they didn't like, um, and they kind of shelved it, and then, she, you know, she revisited with them and said, "Look, I think this idea is really good. It's getting a lot of traction. This live fire cooking. This is like eight years ago now, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we should revisit this. And they're like, okay, well, we don't like this and this about it, so why don't we?" try a couple of changes here and uh, let's try this this guy as a host yeah and so well, i went down i tried to try we did a pilot and everybody in the network loved it the producer loved it here we are man we just finished shooting 100 episodes we're shooting 101 now you know yeah i saw i saw that uh it was speaking speaking of the the hundredth episode i mean obviously that's that's a lot of man fire food man and uh what when you think about it what's yeah, I, I mean, obviously, there there are a ton of moments that have happened, but can you think of any real, just poignant, special moments that you can remember off the top of your head that really stick out over those hundred episodes? Poignant moments that really stuck out over those hundred episodes, man. There's just so many episodes. You yeah. Know? <laughs> what, what never ceases to amaze me is that. I get to meet people from all over the country. I go to Hawaii, for instance, or Jamaica. Yeah. You know, and there's people who you, you, I go to like some parts of the South, for instance. Yeah. And on site, especially given the current climate of the country, on site, you think, wow, this guy's going to see that guy. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, we 
I meet some really nice people, man. I meet some really nice people who you might not think is me and them would get along. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just shows you the magic of, of building a community around food. And I mean, don't get it twisted. There's sometimes I've gone places and it's not so nice. You know? <laughs> that's, that's real, right? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I meet a lot of nice people most of the time. And we've done a better increasingly better job of honing in and really vetting people so when we get there it's all good you know yeah so, yeah it's the magic of food you know food and music are those things like cultural conduits that allow you to tap in on a very deep way with a culture and you don't need to understand the language or the nuances of the culture but you very quickly uh, learn the nuances of a culture through food and music. That's right. It's 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 funny that you say that. Actually, on the on the show we had uh, Common Kings, and throughout all of their interviews that I, I watched, everything they said was, "Well, our culture, our Polynesian culture, is about food and music." And I was like, "Yeah." simple as that man that's a great culture right there uh they're the, they're the magic hooks for me you know like you know art art even in some other forms of art in some ways you, you like you know, writing you know you mm -hmm. need to understand the language right mm -hmm. um you know painting visual art i think is another medium that allows for uh that kind of cultural translation without understanding language or too many nuances and you can get deep dive into those things but i mean I, that's the thing i envy the most i wish I could draw or paint, you know, I have no yeah. talent in that. I draw stick people still. But I feel <laughs> blessed I can speak the language of food and speak the language of music and and it, it just opens up the, the cultural gateways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh talk Talking about, you know, you're talking about it being tough and, and relating to people as far as going to these different places. I mean, obviously, when you're doing the show, you're doing a lot of places that smoke and a lot of places that do uh, uh, barbecue. And, like, all of those foods, they take a really long time so true. Uh, to, to make. It's a, it's a real, you know, craft. And, I mean, all the time when you're interviewing them, they're like, oh, yeah, I got up at... 3 a.m. We check the meat at this time, this time, this time. What? And it's sort of like you were saying with George Brown College. It's it, it, you have to get up. It's a it's this rough grind all the time. And it amazes me whenever you're on the show how you know long these people have been doing it and they haven't got burnt out on yes. it. I feel like if I would if I was <laughs> in their job after like a week, I'd be like, you know what? This is too much, man. This is. I, I got to get up 20, <laughs> basically every morning at this time. And just like, I mean, their dedication, it really is this passion uh, of that way of cooking. It amazes me how into it they are. But Yeah, no, it's very, very true. And, you know, you know, the wood pile might be outdoors. So it's like, oh, today the wood got wet. Or this is, you know, there's just these infinite variables that are always happening and moving. Like you have an outdoor smokehouse, you know, the ambient temperature outside affects how you cook that day. Yeah. If it's really stormy and rainy and wet and cold, that's going to affect your cook inside your smoker, inside of your smokehouse, yeah. out back, you know? Yeah. If it's really hot, humid, that's going to affect the cook on that day. So you got to really have the pulse of that thing every single day. And, you know, the people who've been around for a long time also, you know, they've built up a little crew around them. So yeah, they may have a crew that cooks 
early in the morning, then another crew that takes over from midday to the evening. And so, you know, they rotate the staff and so they're able to manage that stuff. But yeah, in the pulse of it every day, you know, the, the, the maestro has to be controlling that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems, I mean, it, it, my hat goes off to him. It's, it's, it's a rough job. It seems like, but, uh, you're, you're it's all relentless. So, yeah, man, it is no joke. Yeah. yeah. And we edit it, but you see gets edited. These people are actually sitting there. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Making more colds. <laughs> Making more colds. <laughs> so you're also on the show, man. Uh, man's greatest food, uh, where you you go around with a specific food in mind and, and find the best of that food uh, in the country. Uh, which to me that seems pretty awesome. Yes! Uh, <laughs> I would get pretty excited about going to these places, but I actually I, I want to ask you. You don't have to like give me any specifics about any of the actual restaurant or any of the actual type of food. But have you ever went to one of those restaurants and been not impressed with the food? Like, wow, I thought this was actually going to be better than this. Uh, it happened a couple times. I mean, sometimes, <laughs> you know, you have a hamburger at one place and you have a hamburger at another place. Yeah. It's bound to be better than another, you know. And, yeah. And a lot of it's subjective taste, too, right? So yeah. So it's, it's what's... And I might like burger A, you might like burger B, and yeah. uh, the person picking that location or I'm picking that location, we may have a different opinion on it, but that's just, you know, that's the subjective nature of what that of that whole thing is, you know? Yeah. I kind of look at it like we're providing a guideline. Here's 15 things that, that are really good. If you go check them out, if you like super spectacle, crazy food that's like a good at a carnival, yeah. well, we'll do that. That's not necessarily like how I like to eat personally, but for the viewer who likes that sort of thing, here are 15 options. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, nice. nice. Well, now along the lines of man's greatest food, uh, this question I like to ask to all of my guests, uh, but I think your answer will, will hold a little bit more weight considering your jobs. First, I got to ask, right now, if I were to ask you where your hometown is, what would you say? Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Okay. Okay. So, uh, well, and I'm going to I'm gonna take Twist out of the equation because obviously people need to go eat at Twist. But if I'm going to Toronto and, and I ask you where I need to eat, where would I need to go to eat? Where would you give me the recommendations to eat? I always tell people to go to this restaurant called Dai Lo on College Street. Mm. D-A-I space L-O. Mm. Um, chef is great. Food is spectacular. It's unstoppable. Everybody I've sent there just raves about it. Very nice. Very nice. See, that was. See, you can tell. Obviously, this this is your job because most of the time when I ask other musicians what where I should go, they're like, "What?" Mm. I. I, I usually I, I, I just I cook noodles at home. I don't know what do you want from me. I don't I don't do this. And I'm like I'm sorry. I like food. You know, <laughs> funny is I have lists on my phone and my memo. I have lists every city. Lafayette, boom, a list of the best. <laughs> this Baton Rouge, a list of the best. New York, the list. Japan, list. Barcelona, I got Man. lists of the best. See that's what see that's what I'm <laughs> I'm working on. I'm gonna put up in our studio here uh, a map of all of our artists and where they said in the different different locations, and hopefully we can have that list on our wall. That's that's what that's what I'm working towards. One day to get to your memo list. That's what I want. Yes! 
So we talked a little bit about uh, your musical career already, but let's talk about your your current music. Uh, you've got your album Eat Your Words coming out today, yes! May 15th. Uh, brand new, hot off the press. Yes! Uh, now, your last album was Feedback Acoustic back in 2014. Uh, how did you progress off of what you did on that album to the current album, Eat Your Words? Uh, well, Eat Your Words, I really wanted to explore like not having to bite your tongue, you know? So um, there's a phrase in the album that kind of is a tagline that says, you can't bite your tongue and eat your words at the same time, mm-hmm. right? So I was playing off of that idea, and just a few things I really wanted to do were I wanted to really capture emotions or, or situations or right. feelings. So, you know, so one idea of... Uh, piece of music was I wanted to feel like you're running through a field on a hot summer day mm-hmm. and that song represents that feeling yeah another thing I wanted to feel like I was scoring a, a, a film inside of a casino scene of a movie for instance mm-hmm. so that it's particularly visual and emotive and so every instrument that I added every melody that I added serviced those ideas for the particular feeling of those songs yeah so that everything like really vis- visceral and visual at the same time, right? Yeah. Um, the song Greed that we're putting out right now, I said I wanted something that was just uh, relentless and compelling and dynamic and, and aggressive at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, but still kind of letting you paint the picture and observe the whole image, right? Yeah, yeah, very nice. Well, so as, as far as that... Uh, well, first off, actually, me and my brother, that that's what we used to do with, like, basically every song we'd talk about was, you know, it'd be like, I feel like I'm here, hmm. or I feel like I'm doing this whenever yeah. we listen to a song. So I can I, I completely get that as far as trying to build that image, that feeling that you're, you know, that, that you want with a song. Um, second thing, uh, what would you say the overall, because you're telling me about these different pieces for each song, what would you say the overall sort of take home message of the whole album is? Well, what's interesting, you know, in, I do TV for a profession and in TV, a lot of, you know, we edit a lot, right? Yeah. And so we edit a lot to tell the very specific stories. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the storytelling doesn't paint the entire picture. And so, you know, although I'm active on social media, I'm not uh, socially active, let's see, <laughs> on social media, right? Yeah. Um, I just feel like the social media platform is such a limited context to be able to deliver a message. You mm-hmm. know, how is it in 140 characters that I can explain to you what I feel about some of the bad locations I go to at Man Fire Food? Yeah. Well, how can I explain to you what I think about greed, right? I can't paint a complete enough picture in 140 words. And as you know, on Twitter, social media, people go in on on whoever says anything in every possible direction. People praising, people slamming it, people want to kill you. People like, like, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. But the problem is that it's it's conceptual, it's it's contextualized in such a minimal framework. Yeah. Whereas music is such an encompassing framework, the only thing more encompassing would be a movie, you know? Yeah. 
it's it's emotional it vibrates through your spirit the frequencies resonate through your body the tonality the melodies the words the way the words are performed the way the instruments are performed everything creates a resonance yeah. to be able to grasp that imagery and to contextualize it in such a way where it's very specific and it's kind of hard to misconstrue right yeah so with each of words, I wanted to say, look, yeah, yeah, I have thoughts and opinions about stuff, and here they are, and I'd prefer not to tell you that on social media because the context is too small. Yeah. But here's a context that you can grab onto, and a breadth of work that, that displays the range of thoughts to say, okay, it's not just this one singular thought going down this train going, this person's like this. Well, actually, if you go to song number seven over here, it says something a little bit differently that you may interpret as contradictory, but if if you look at the whole picture of all nine songs, it's a collection that says, oh, now I get a better sense of this person, yeah. right? Yeah. It's that best and body of work that yeah, I wanted to do. And again, you can't bite your tongue and eat your words at the same time. So yeah, we didn't end, you know? Yeah, it's a, a complex, complex look at your whole thought process. I like it. I like it. I mean, you know, that's always... Yeah, for sure. I used to always tell people that about Tupac, you know. Tupac, uh, people would always be like, oh, he contradicts himself all the time. And it's really, it wasn't really, when you when you step back and you looked at all of his work and you looked at, uh, you know, uh, his whole thought process, it wasn't really contradictory. But when you would take out little clips and you would say, well, that contradicts that. But overall, very complex. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I like you gotta it. look at the body, the body of work, you know, and that's what it's about. And, um, I just want to be able to, to kind of express that, you know, and like my music is my safe zone. Yeah. So when I made the album, nobody knew I was making an album. Yeah. I was making this album two and a half years, you know, yeah. you know like, and I'm always writing, always writing a lot. And nobody knew. My managers didn't know. My wife didn't know. My kids <laughs> didn't know for up until the last six, six months. Yeah. Right? I was doing it in private secret in between after a voiceover session. I'd hold up in the studio with the guy, me and one dude in the room, right? Nice. And uh, that's my safe zone, you know, whereas other things we have to kind of uh, negotiate with everybody about how to put out XYZ or how we're going to deliver this line or how blah, 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 blah. This is like, okay, well, screw all that. <laughs> this uncut and yeah. here it is you know what i mean this is my safe zone right it's like if i'm trapped in a in a cottage in the woods with nobody on the planet this is what's going on right and so nice. that's what that's about not nice. well so well speak speaking about that uh are are you planning on doing any any like shows any performances of this or is that just since it's this safe zone area are you just putting it out there and saying if people want to listen to it they can Hmm. No, man, I would love to be able to uh, go out and do some shows. We're looking at the calendar right now to see the possibility of that stuff. Um, you know, performing live on stage is my favorite thing on earth to do. Yeah. Hands. Uh, there's no experience quite like it. Yeah. Even making an album is not the same as performing it live on stage. It's right. just a magical thing. Um, I've performed a lot on a lot of stages with a lot of great people. I've watched and learned from some of the 
best performers on earth. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think I'm pretty good at it and I really love it, you know? So I would love to get out in front of the people and, and perform some songs, you know? Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Well, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure most people out there would want to, want to hear you get on stage as well. Uh, but Roger, I want, I want to thank you for taking the time, uh, to speak with us today. We're, we're up against a break, but I've got one, uh, last question. What yeah. what do you think we should play off the new album? Should we play Greed off of the new album? Yeah, please play Greed, man. Please, I'm really feeling that song right now, and everybody who hears it, it's uh, it resonates with them, and you know, it's I think particularly poignant in our, the state of affairs of, of the world right now. I think it's a interesting commentary on that. Awesome, awesome. Well, listeners, you can catch up with Roger at rogermooking.com. Check out his shows on the Cooking Channel, or you can keep up with him on Instagram and Twitter at Roger Mooking. Right now, let's take a listen to Greed right here on the Doc G Show. Greed is the billionaire that kicks you out to raise the rent. That's just a sampling. Impeach the president, loop it like a noose, let it loose on the internet, add your most intimates, post it for a millicent, got you a couple yachts but never been to sea, got you a big whip but gotta rent a seat, never be enough, just imagine ten to me like in the tenement, where your friend leaves your enemies, Green. something fishy man it must be lent, the opposite of heaven sent, overspent, bleeding money where the razor went, they shoot you in the back, hide a laser went, you more is more and give you evidence Still you get more than you hesitate You're still an alien Illegal resident You wanna raise the bar Then you better set the precedent Make you do things That you never thought Make you take things That you never bought Make you take risks That you never would Make you make choices That you never should That's just greed I'm waiting what are you Saving waiting that ticket Because I love what I have And I wanna use what I have Make you go to spots that you never went Just to show it to your friends even if they break the bank Dow Jones raise your average like it's Lebanon Cash like it's never been the crash so deafening Rushing into fame like DK rush the net One shot place you bet this is Russian roulette Turn on the power like you're 50 cent But you're not you can't be counted on like money never spent Like a leech you're the host for the parasite Make your head hot like the paranoics Freeloaders wanna come and get some of me So got a gang of lawyers in case they come and summon me Every which way folks are bending me Every day twisted like a bended knee Everyone cool if we pretend to be But everything fake knocked off like affinity It's the evil in the room They have the weasel in the suit I know a greedy eye and when I see a beady eye Then I'll be the guy that you'll never see Go! Go! Y'all are juvenile, not meant to me. It is what it is if it meant to be. Put your best foot forward like a centipede. Greed will leave your fan cursed like a Kennedy. Falling from the sky high, looking for a remedy. Greed. And we are back here on the Doc G a show. That was Roger mooking with greed. And that was yeah. Roger mooking that I just talked to. Yeah. Man. Talked about a lot of different. What a guy. I, I I'll be honest, man. When he broke down his food at his restaurant, Twist, mm-hmm. and he was talking about that fried chicken, 
I was like, I oh. I will go up to Toronto right now strictly for fried chicken. That is what I will do. That's right. He's talking our language. Exactly. I'm a, a food fan. Food fan. I've got more. I've got more to say about that here at the end of the show. But nonetheless, thank you to Mr. Roger Mooking for being on the show. Definitely appreciate that. Yes! If you get a ch- always, if, thank if you. you get a chance, his his uh, album is out today. So make sure you check it out. It is out on all the streaming, so you can check out the whole thing. Fantastic. Anyways, Dave, are you ready? For the last birthday, a suit. Hmm. Ooh la la, hit me, sir. Here we go. Born on May 15, 1970, in Cleveland, Ohio. Like our other birthday suit wearers, our birthday suit wearer loved football and earned all Ohio and all American honors his senior year as a tailback and a defensive back. He decided to go to the University of Michigan to play football. He won the Heisman Charles Woodson. He won the Heisman Trophy in 1991 and was drafted by the Washington Redskins. He was sent to the Jacksonville Jaguars in 1995 as part of the expansion draft. And then to Green Bay. Hmm. He is now a commentator on ESPN's College Game Day. Name that birthday suit wearer. Desmond Howard. Desmond Howard. There we go. Yes. You jumped it a little I bit. You got a jump. Charles Woodson's too young. He's not 49. No, no. I think his was like, what, 99? 99. Yeah. 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 Nice, though. Desmond, man. Desmond. Yeah, a little, little brief little stint with the Jags. Very brief. Nothing, uh, Very brief. Nothing to, you know write history books about but nope. hey man he did the heisman pose that's all that counts that's all exactly he, he bring happy birthday Desmond. him him and corso they bring a nice levity tour to game day i feel like yeah they're, they're a lot less serious than old old herb street over there and chris lamb they're all yeah you know, yeah they have they definitely add a little bit of flavor to it for sure. They're all over there being all serious, and then Corso says mm-hmm. something crazy, and everybody's like, "Ah, ha, ha, Corso!" Word. And then he puts then he puts on the mascot head backwards, and everybody's like, "Ah, ha, he's putting it on backwards." Anyways, <laughs> good good Saturday staple right there. Nonetheless, happy birthday, oh, Desmond, yeah. forty nine, forty nine. Wow, forty nine looks good for forty nine. Yeah. Very good, very good. Hot, yes. hot, right up there with Millard Lee, I would say. Almost, oh, yeah. almost mm. is hot, but he's not a Millard, so he's not that he's hot. He's like a oh. nickel and four pennies. That's right. That is right. Uh, Dave, fantastic shows coming up. Say man. what? I'm very oh, excited yeah. about oh, all the yeah. shows. We've got My Hero Zero. Can't wait to talk to these guys. They're going to be fun. Very excited. Jason O coming on the show. Mm-hmm. A group dominating Canada and the world, for that matter. Just playing some straightforward 70s-feeling rock. The Sheepdogs. The Sheepdogs. I like it. Fun fact about the Sheepdogs. They were the first band ever, the first unsigned band, to be on the cover of Rolling Stone. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very impressive. And they're going to be on... Our show. That's right. And Ooh. lastly, I'm very excited about this. 
Matt Stoney, competitive eater, coming on the show. My goodness. And you're gonna compete against him. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt one of the uh one of the competitions, yeah. On his mm-hmm. on his YouTube, he has a lot of different competitions. Uh, a lot of different things that he's done. And one of the ones that I felt like that I could do was he has the broccoli challenge. So he has five hundred gram broccoli challenge where you have to eat 500 grams so about 1.1 pounds of broccoli as fast as you can Mm. he did he did it in six minutes what i can go i can go ahead and tell you i will not get that i already know it'll be close it'll be close no way nope it'll be within the same day yes there you go that close yes it will be but i'm very excited about that great shows coming up but until then dave this has been the doc g show i have been your host jock g with me as always dave burles berlin Guys, I'm sorry to end and get off, but you know, go listen to one of our old shows that you missed. Yeah, man. So I think we're, we're almost up to it. You can almost fill a whole week not stopping with just Doc G shows until next week. Uh, could you imagine? I can't. It would be so fun. So fun. Nope. Seriously, you would you would not throw your computer out of a window before the end of that. <laughs> Seriously, you'd be excited the whole time. (laughs) Nonetheless, until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.